years during that show. <laughs> I mean, I was a lot thinner then, but still. Yellow. I mean, you're yes. pretty fucking thin now. I'm trying. Thank you. You know, like that's I. What happens when the fucking kitchen floor collapses? I gotta fucking lose some weight. Uh, now, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you don't want to drop 100 G's. No, no. Definitely 100 not. pounds, yes. 100 G's, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. So, it's a uh, choice. Listen, welcome to Red River Podcast. It's your uh, legitimately fat host here <laughs> sam uh i we're, we're today is special because we get to be back in parker's um you know man cave uh the non-collapsing room of the house the, yeah the one the one room that's the that's safe to be in you sure <laughs> yeah i don't know man you know uh we're here with uh cameron and uh, the ultimate warrior on the couch over here what's up buddy you want to say anything <laughs> nah he's, he's good um yeah man so this is cool it, we're doing everything in person and uh welcome cameron yeah thanks for having me guys so no. when you <laughs> found out parker was doing a podcast what was your first thought i need to listen to this yeah <laughs> <laughs> So you guys were in a band for a while. Like, uh, what was Parker like back then? Oh my gosh, what was Parker like back then? He was about double the size. Yeah, yeah. Because the way that we met, so we've known each other, I think, since '95. Definitely. Because my old band and Cameron's old band used to play together at the Huntington Roxy together. Yes. And I think we played four or five shows together. Then we would play like graduation parties and backyard parties and this and that and just we'd go see each other's bands so it just was great like when well not great when both bands both broke up but when both bands broke up it just kind of made sense to like like just form a new band with like all these other guys and what, yeah and what was like a like the musical like idea you know everyone forms it's like hey man you know, this is what's lacking. Like, we, we want to, you know, we like uh, the Get Up Kids, as we were talking about yeah. before, uh, or Coalesque, you know. Yeah. So what were you guys vibing on? When when I fir- It's funny. When I first got the call for Sky Came Falling, like, I was like Joe Hardcore. I was just like, it's hardcore, it's hardcore. Floor punch? Nothing. Yeah, nothing <laughs> yeah. else matters. I just want hardcore. <laughs> and then I'm talking to Chris, and he's just like, dude, he's like, all I listen to is, like, Carcass at the gates death oh like all this like metal shit john clerkin was just straight like pantera like southern trend kill earth crisis earth crisis like the victory catalog cameron was like <laughs> failure oh, faith nice. no more yeah, yeah yep. like that that angle and then matt the bass player was like what what was Matt like? Oh, he loved like Mind Over Matter. Yeah. He liked a lot of like um, like H two O. He was more punk. Yeah, I but think. he was also into hip hop, which like I'm like, oh, what is Tri-Pol that? Paul Quest. Yeah, like I Every had like second. you know no clue like what the hell like any of that was, and still I still don't. I really don't know. Like, and his dad was a yeah. like that. The funny thing with with Sky and Falling is just where everyone's even even before the heavy music thing, what people were listening to. Like, yeah, he had, like Matt. His dad was a jazz trumpet player, so he was a jazz guy. He yeah. was, I, as far as where he started playing, yeah. it was all jazz. Yeah. And then I was doing classical piano, mm-hmm. th- and then I realized that's not going to get me anywhere with yeah. the ladies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then tell like, that to Billy Joel. <laughs> oh, my oh, favorite, yeah, my fucking favorite. And then like with, <laughs> and then like, and then with me. So they called me because I could play double bass because oh. I was in this like progressive metal dream theater type. you're hired yeah this like dream theater type band but now yep. all i wanted to do was play hardcore but now they're forming this like 
metal band because nobody wants to play hardcore anymore. I'm like, no, but I want to play hardcore now. Like, I couldn't do it with the old band. So what, what was, like, the band, like, you know, listening to that stuff? Like, what was a hardcore band that really, like, made you want to you know, go specifically into that hardcore genre, especially as a drummer. I mean, like with me, like the first two that I really got into was like VOD and Earth Crisis, mm. just because the muni- like the musicianship of both bands. I'm like, these guys can actually play like, you know, like I remember people always saying like, oh, like the recordings, the recordings are horrible. Like the musicianship is horrible. Like you could put on like Earth Crisis, destroy the machines now. And like, I'm still just like, this could come out now. Like, forget any of the lyrics about, like, straight edge or, like, veganism. Like, the musicianship was fucking amazing, you know? So I was just like, this is kind of, like, the direction that I want to go into, you know? I mean, VOD for me, for sure. Like, the, my brother took took me, I think, when I was 15 to the yeah. BWAC the first time to go see them. And I think it was 25 to life. Yeah. Wow. I was terrified. Yeah. Rick, by the way, I yeah. went over to his table and I I bought something not because I wanted it because I thought he might kill me or eat me or something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this guy's intimidating. And I'm like just... the and the way that I found out found out about <laughs> VOD was I was in my old band and like they went to like a talent show the night before and I called one of them and I was just like, hey, so how was the show? And they were like, oh, it was pretty good. But he goes, yeah, he goes, it's really weird. There was this this really good band but they didn't have a bass player mm, yeah. oh, and i remember right, and, yeah. I rem- and i'm like right. and i'm like wait a band without a bass player they were like yeah but they were really good they were called vision of disorder and i'm like oh that's cool and then they wound up playing at the right track in in freeport oh my god like on a sunday and i'm like well fuck i'm like if this band is that good like i really want to see this band so like my bass player's friend's older brother drove us there and like sick, we get like sick detail yeah because we were, yeah because i still remember and we relevant were, to the story i think we were like what did you have for lunch that day yeah yeah. I, yeah I think we were like 16 and just like we pull up and i'm like wait i'm like other people and like there's people outside there's like people singing lyrics of whatever band was bass players outside protest yeah i'm like (laughs) what is this jason newstead was yeah (laughs) i I didn't understand that like hardcore was like a thing so i'm like wait like these bands have like shirts and like fucking albums and like it just blew my mind that there was this whole underground thing going on it is really cool when you come across with that where you're like yeah you know, there's like the shows that you go to, and then there's a show that you go to, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Like that little guy booked this show. Yeah. And there's a hundred kids here, or two hundred, or five hundred, yeah. whatever. And then, like, you know, similar story. Like, I start going to shows at like the Roxy in Huntington to see like you know big metal bands. Like, I go to see like Testament a couple times. Then, like the curtain, because they used to draw a curtain, funny enough, so the next band could go on. And like the curtain opens, and I just see like all these like scary skinheads on the stage and i'm like what the hell is this and it turned out i was about to watch the band downset which i look back years later and i'm just like holy shit that was a hardcore band like i had seen marauder at the roxy and like i didn't realize it till years later holy shit another hardcore band you know so yeah those are two scary bands yeah oh yeah oh yeah definitely (laughs) definitely but um a camera so like your guitar style right so like when sky came falling like what were you listening to as far as like influences because like your guitar style um is like pretty unique so like what were some of the things that really influenced you uh, you know it's fu- it's funny because i don't think it's really 
a specific band. I think we always joke about this. I, we always said like we were trying to be like hardcore, like hardcore bands we liked, like Helmet, Snapcase. Yeah. Um, it was like a lot of different influences that we had, and we always felt like we were doing it wrong, but but it was right because we were doing it wrong. Yeah. It like made sense for some reason. There was there was yeah. very few bands that the five of us ever agreed on, yeah, but so but Snapcase was one of them. Yeah. You know, Snapcase had, you know, probably the best the best snare sound of all time, the best groove of all time, yeah. and probably like mm-hmm. one of the best like recordings for a hardcore band. You know, like Tracks East, like the legendary Tracks East, like always did Snapcase. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, the, I think that was, you know, those bands we were really looking to, even VOD though. Yeah. That was like, that was my, my entrance into it. I was like, what are these guys doing? So the, there's definitely influences. I actually, yeah. you know, not to get ahead of myself here, but like do it, like going back to 1021 and mm-hmm. listening to those songs and working with them, I'm like listening back and I'm, I'm hearing exactly what my influence was in parts. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's VOD. Actually, one part I was like, "That's 311." I was like, "I don't know." There how we go. That off. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> like it. 311. Break out the ganja. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think it was just like I don't know. I think we were just trying to figure out how to be a hardcore band. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think even for me, it wasn't like I w- I didn't like a lot of hardcore bands. I like me neither. I mm. loved the community. I like I like that we can go to a show at the PWAC and every weekend it didn't matter. You didn't even look to see who was playing. You just show up and there'd be like 300 kids there. Super yeah. social before yeah. it was like a. A condensed social media mm-hmm. before social media exactly you know, yeah everyone was there um but it's funny we you mentioned you don't like you weren't really that into hard same thing with me with hardcore yeah. but vod was that band that crossed over yeah like i'm listening yes. to Lemonheads and afghan wigs and then one day i hear like take them out oh um, yeah yeah nice go on on that on that, on that demo oh yeah, yes i think it was loyal to none on the other side or that was yeah, the split so. that they did yeah. yeah and i was like yo this is fucking awesome yeah. and then from there like all the songs that came out and it, there was something about vod that just like really i don't know it just came through to everyone and even if you weren't that into hardcore or loved hardcore it was just like vod was like they were the kings for like two years oh like, yeah vod yeah. and life of agony mm-hmm. like 93 to 94 were like i mean that's, yeah any parking lot that's what you were listening to yeah. definitely definitely and it's funny because i had uh a few weeks of guitar or no, a few months of guitar lessons at in uh, Music Emporium, and I found out somewhere in the middle of that, I was like talking to my teacher. He's like, "Oh, what are you doing this weekend?" I'm like, oh, "I'm going to see this band. They're called VOD." He's like, "I teach both of those guys," and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> sick! <laughs> Hell yeah!" Uh, not the bass player, right? <laughs> no, yeah. no, yeah. Uh, but so, Cameron, like the whole part of Sky Came Falling. Like when you look back now, obviously, you know when you moved on, did the the sleeping like. What are some of your memories like now looking back? Like, how do you feel about Sky Came Falling and what you guys did? Oh, I think it was amazing. You know, I think like amazing, especially because I felt like we we didn't work very hard at it no. in a sense. We didn't practice very often. We didn't. We just played shows, did our thing. But I look back at it, and it's. I feel like we. I don't. I, th- I think it was just so natural and organic the way we all played together. Like it just turned into something really really cool and we were playing it was cool to like leave no offense to the scene that i'm i'm actually praising but there was a lot of politics in the scene too sometimes where we didn't feel like we were really fit like that we weren't getting different opportunities so we quickly were like kind of saw that it was difficult and we're like why don't we just go somewhere else and you know that's where i i give so much credit to chris because chris stepped up 
and found our shows out of state and different places and started really finding other bands and trading shows, yeah. different ways of getting out. Guy. Yeah, you and know. he did all that work. And w once we started playing in other places and we started seeing like the reaction, it was like kind of surprising more than anything, you know, especially because in my head it was just a fun thing that we were doing on the weekends. You know, yeah. we were busy with our own lives. I was going to school and like going to college doing classical piano. I'm like, in my head, that's where you know my where i was headed you know i was like oh i'm gonna do this and then it's gonna lead to something and then you know here i'm at i'm like 18 years old and chris calls calls us like yeah we got a we got a record deal i was like with this shit yeah. <laughs> uh, i'm like are you serious we're yeah. just like yelling into a microphone and I, it, it <laughs> is abrasive stuff for sure 100 yeah. percent. yeah so i guess i just didn't understand that potential and it didn't really matter i wasn't like and that's i think that's a, a difference even from that era to like now you know it's you know like nothing is really underground anymore with the internet. Yeah. So back then it's like this whole scene, which just no one knew about. We, I went to Massapequa high school. There was whatever, 3000 people going to school there. And I could maybe name 10 people that knew about the music that we were playing and the music that we were, the shows we were going to. So it was literally just an underground thing. I didn't think it would be any, it would go anywhere or do anything. So I just think it was, it was really cool just that it just evolved it was surprising every step along the way when we were getting offered to play shows or we're doing warp tour, it, you know, all these different things that we got to do. It was just like humbling and surprising. I'm like, I can't believe we care about this. Yeah. There, <laughs> yeah. There's something about like hometowns, like sometimes, you know, you play to your friends and your friends are there and being supportive. But then when you go play somewhere else where people don't know you, yeah, like, okay. Like they genuinely are like, we don't like this or we love this. Yes. And so there, there's no attachment to like, uh, oh, two years ago he was a dick to me, or true. like vice versa. Like I hate his girlfriend. You know what yes. I mean? Like shit like yes, that. Yes, that's so true. Like, yeah, you know. So when you go elsewhere, it's just like you're just some guy. It's like, hey, those are pretty good songs. You're, you know, those are pretty terrible songs. No, songs. yeah, um, we did well. We did well when we were out of state. We always felt like you know, especially Carolinas. We always had great Carolinas shows. And like Florida, Canada, Canada was always Canada was insane. great. Yeah, yeah. We just, we, you know, we'd show up, and I was like, man, these people don't realize they were just a bunch of idiots. Yeah. 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 <laughs> What was traveling like back then uh, to play shows? Like, what was the longest stretch you guys did? Thursday. Well, from when I was in the band, it was a Thursday tour. Yeah, so, and that was that was twenty one days straight. Wow. And you know, it's funny because like when we like the first tour, that pretty much Chris, I think, put the whole thing together himself. Sure, we, we traveled in a Jeep Cherokee with a hitch. Oh my god! And oh. it was hell. Wow. It was like it was like. We're leaving Long Island, and you would think like, oh, the first show is going to be in like New Jersey. I no, the first driving. Yeah, no, the first show is in Florida. So we go straight. Remember that? Cameron? I remember. That. I remember we, we we get to Florida. Yeah, it's you know it's Florida. Yeah, ninety five degrees. Yeah, hundred percent humidity. Yeah, and the engine's overheating. Yeah, Clerkin yeah. is blowing the hot air into the car so we can yep, make yep. it to the show. Yeah, yeah, and we're all just naked yeah. practically just like glued to the seat yeah <laughs> we're like all right yeah. this, this is tour Woo! yeah and we play uh we play this place funny enough called uh called club q was the place oh yeah and uh the, the guy right off the bat he goes look he goes don't take offense nobody dances or moshes or whatever and we start playing and like the place goes like ape shit so i'm like all right i guess this guy like doesn't know what he's talking about or whatever and then uh I guess like uh, you know, Chris got kind of like a little like into the the song or whatever, and threw like a 
he threw like a stool or something at like no i, I remember what happened i remember th- this was like confusing for me because usually i was the one going buck wild yeah like, on the floor or something chris every once in a while yeah too. yeah yeah and i remember i was we were playing and the crowd was doing their thing i was like okay we're having, this is a good show and i look over and i'm like confused because matt's on the ground he's on the ground I'm like matt's on the ground he's always just standing up straight playing his bass no. jazz dude whatever he's doing his thing but like smiling you know mm-hmm. i think he's on the ground and then clerkin grabs a stool that's throws what it, it was. at you yes and the then drums what i don't yeah, and I then know. but then matt also hit chris in the eye with his head stopped. that's right and then we were and that. then we had to take chris to the emergency room to get friggin stitches first day of tour so it was because everyone was like into the, the chaos yeah yeah okay it wasn't yeah. for anything oh no no, no 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 yeah i mean and then we uh then we went to the emergency room and i think i got like drunk outside i watched like, letterman yeah camera was watching was letterman you know? i remember that's a good question oh I, I, if i if i was him he would know Yeah, maybe you'd be like oh maybe. it was uh it's like Billy Crystal. Yeah. What year? What year was it? Year that was ninety seven, right? Ninety seven. He yeah. had on um, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's nice. what it was. Oh there yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Musical guest was uh, probably Janet Jackson. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, um, all right. So everything is going great, and then like you know, obviously the band comes to an end. So like, what was that like for everyone? I mean, it was it, it. It started getting. It got tricky after you left for sure, yeah, yeah. because once Parker left, you know there was you know I think that with any heavy band, if you lose oh, your yeah. drummer, like yep, yep. it's it's so much a part of the identity of yep. the band. And we had a bunch of different drummers that came through, and you know, it was always good. It just never felt the same because you know Parker has a very unique style himself and pocket that. You know, it's hard to replicate. Yeah. So every time we would get someone, they would do their thing. And it just always felt like the songs didn't feel the same. Yep. And we were constantly changing between the drummers and then bass players. And eventually we ended up locking in with uh, Sal, who's in the sleeping. And he he was one of the guys that stayed on for the, the life of the band. And then we, we were, again, tossing between drummers. And then I found out through a friend, hey, I got this guy. He's great. You should, you should meet him. This guy, Joe. He plays drums. He's awesome. And I'm like, okay. And then Joe came down and did a couple of practice with us. And we're like, okay, this guy's an animal behind the drums. This is this is going to be fun. <laughs> and we started playing. And then poor Joe, he's like, hadn't he was like a like a bedroom drummer, like doing dream theater, learning how to play. Like you know, it sounds like he has 18 arms and he's playing all this crazy stuff. Just wanted to, finally had an opportunity to be in a band. I think he, we maybe did like seven or eight shows. And I'm like, yeah, we're breaking up. And he's like, what? I, I just, he was all upset by it. And then it was through the kind of the death of the band there that we're like, well, this is, we've never even wrote a, we've been on stages together. Yeah. We've never even wrote like anything together. Sure. Why don't we try to write something together? And Chris was, uh, was going to be, he tried, he was going to be in it too. Like, like we're like, all right, look. And then it just wasn't working. Chris was, you know, I don't think he's going to work for me. I don't know if it's the thing, the right thing stylistically. His life was going a different way. So we just decided to, you know, start playing together, the three of us. And it was working. And then, it was, you know, we got to get a singer. And I think we were already, if even if you hear the two songs, Sky King Falling thing, I was getting more curious, especially, like I said before, I wasn't like that huge into hardcore. Like, I was like, I was like, I want more melody. More I, melody I want yeah. more melody. I want more singing. Like, I like the heavy stuff, but can we get more melody? So we started trying out singers, and like, I think we tried out over 20 singers. Wow. Like, we were, you know, it was a long, long, grueling process. And, and it's weird. With singers, it's so funny because 
we'd we'd had a few pieces of music that were ready they'd come into the room and each singer would sing something and it would be like completely it changed yeah, the yeah. whole character of the band again yeah. so it took a little while and then finally doug he came down from jersey to try out i'll never forget it like this is he just came down and the his energy during the practice i'm like you do realize this is not a show <laughs> like he was running around the room i'm like there's is there an audience in here that i don't <laughs> see because like he's riling me up so that's working and he had he just had like this energy and enthusiasm that just made sense right away you know and like i think this is going to be a this is going to be a cool yeah. cool dynamic and you know we like tagged i think for we took a while to tell him that he was in it and <laughs> like yeah and then we finally yeah i think we should we should do this and then that just made sense and then we just started pushing it I think we spent about a year uh, just, like, playing together, writing some stuff. You know, I worked at a bank for a year. Even though I like, got a job, I was like, I'm quitting this. I want to go on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, like, pretty much did that. Yeah. I, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was great. And then and that was it. And then the sleeping was formed, and that what, just. What was, like, the, the, you know, like, the goal for everyone musically and stuff? Like, what were you guys, you know, there's always, like, you know, as, as musicians, we all listen to shit and then filter it out you know it's like sure. we're like okay like i'm a big sam i am fan face to face so technically whenever i write like it just it's just too in my dna to not yeah know, come out that way yeah um so what was like the songwriting process like in the very beginning because i know doug man like i told you before what an amazing singer uh just pretty flawless like i, I don't think i've ever heard that guy have a bad vocal day no he he's he's a force and he he's just like he could go. That's what's so I never understand it. Like the, the guy ha, like hadn't sang, and even when we we're doing this record that we're, we were working on, he would just go all day long. I'm like, how is your? Vo-? I'd sing like four notes in my voice. I'd be hoarse and I'd be done for the day. Yeah, he just keeps yeah. going. It's yesterday, insane. yesterday, like so we were playing last at the show. Yeah, and I'm like whispering to people because like, you know, when you're somewhere <clears throat> and you yell over the first three bands, and then you're the last band, you go up there and you're like, oh my god, I have to sing now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, some guys just, you know, and it's very few guys that could do that. And uh, I remember one day I saw Doug play backup guitar in my friend John's band, Bombers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, he's, first of all, he's killing it on guitar. And then the backup vocals were like hmm. this, like, soaring power. He just has power to his He has, he has so much power. Yeah. Both of those vocals, Chris and Scott and Pauling, too. Like, when he would, oh, yeah. Both of those guys, they would, like, people right away, like, check that mic. And I'm like, whoa, jeez. All right. <laughs> That's a lot of noise coming out of that body. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but writing styles, you were saying, uh, with, it's funny because Scott and Pauling was, it was mainly me writing a lot of like the the songs as far as like the riffs and everything. I'd sit in my bedroom and just write all the songs, and then me and Parker would usually put everything together structurally, and then John would come in and compliment and and add some things here and there, and then same with Matt and everything. So it was like I felt like there was a lot of load on me to bring something sure. to there to practice. Like if I didn't bring anything, usually we just yeah. end up going in the pool. Oh yeah. 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 We go in the we go in the pool or we get distracted yep. at John's house. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, basketball, whatever yep. else. Yeah. So for the sleeping, what I found to be so interesting, I'd never like really done this before. It was highly jam oriented. Okay. We'd get in a room and we just start playing. And it was it was interesting because it was only one guitar player now. So it was it, it led for that to work 
a little bit. If you have two guitar players and you're trying to do that jam thing, it can get a little noisy and messy. But for some reason, instantly, it was making sense. So we would just like play until something made sense, and then we put it together. They were, the, the sleeping, even to this day, I don't really remember ever having a song where someone brought it to practice, like, let's make this a song. Yeah, It's always just from a place of, let's see what happens. Yeah. And I think that was the beauty of that first year I was telling you about when we were jamming. We'd, we'd be in the studio for eight hours. Like, I'd go to work, I'd get, I'd get out, I'd go to the studio at like 11 at night, we'd be there to six in the morning. And we'd just be like playing and playing and playing and to the point where we were, what we were doing is just learning our chemistry. We were just cultivating it. It, it was less about us finding songs, it was more about us like finding how we work together as a unit. And then once we found that, it, it became more and more effortless as we would write, you know, subsequent releases. Uh, it's very unusual because I don't, I talk to a lot of bands about their process. And like, how do you guys do that? Like, it's like, I'm like, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, it is an undeniable chem- chemistry and I've tried it in other writing situations. I, I've, and, been, I've been in both sides of those. So have you? With, with Playing Dead, like I write the black and white of it. It's like, right, sure. this is a song. And then everyone scribbles in the color gotcha you know gotcha um, yeah because it's just how that's always worked yeah and then i was doing a band called carlos danger with uh like mark from take back sunday alex from movie life yeah uh, my friend dave and derek and that started with alex who's a great riff writer yeah he would write a riff mark would play a drum to it and then from there dave would play the bass yeah we're practice Derek's still thinking of a lead. He's not playing it. He's just watching. Yeah. And from there, I start humming a melody. And then that's kind of how that happened. And we wrote like eight songs super quick like that. That's awesome. So I've yeah. been a part of, of both of those. Um, and they both fucking work, I no. guess. But like, yeah, it's, you know, you guys just hearing that story. I mean, that's how a band becomes a band. It's like you're there and you're putting in that much time. So it's like to, to watch where you guys were and now the excitement. I, I don't know. It's like that's you got to put work in, and you guys sound like you did. And it, we put a lot of work in, and that's it's kind of testament to how you know to fast fo- like fast forward to where we are now with writing the record. We went in with nothing. Wow. We went in with I, like really what happened was you know the it, this was sort of fate. We had a show booked for Irving Plaza last. I yeah. guess so it would have yeah. been you know the December, December. Yeah, yeah, the December the before last. And it was that fell through. So we were we got together. We, we all flew out. We were like we were worried because we knew the pandemic thing was getting worse again. Again, yeah. And we were like, oh god, this sucks. Like, and you know, we were. I was like, do we? You know, I was living in you know Mexico at the time, still sort of am. And I was, like, do I fly out? What are we doing? Because it sounds terrible there. And we decided to do it. And so we get to practice we were practicing at amh we're lucky enough that dan was like uh dan from amh was like yeah just practice there no one's there nothing's going on right now because of the pandemic right cool set up all our things about to hit our first note and then christian calls and goes yo dudes i don't think we could do the show literally everyone at our all of our staff we don't even have staff to even do this show yeah so that was december 2021 yes we played we played starland in mid-December and after that like it was like brrr, like everyone was like you yep. know. I mean yep. granted I felt literally nothing but you know. yeah 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 it was it was so it kind of happened organically then because we hung up the phone and we're like staring at each other well we have everything set up we haven't like hit one note 
They're like, oh, you want to play Believe What We Tell You? And in my head, I'm going, why? We're not. <laughs> we played that song 3,000 times like or more. Why are we playing this for the show that we're not playing? I don't yeah. get it. And we, we did. We just warmed up for a second. And I'm like, yo, you guys want to jam on some stuff? Yeah. And then like the first track that's going to be on our upcoming record, maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. And it, right away, it's like the testament to all that work we did back then. Like the, you know, the building of chemistry and well, just learning how to play. On, you just turn it on again. It's like riding a bike, and and we just have this natural, you know, ability to fill in each other's blanks. Like we yeah. know what our roles are in some weird way, but we don't. We it's it's a little different every time, but it came out so effortlessly. And it was not to mention it was freezing in the venue. We, like Sal can he used to own the venue, and Sal can figure out how to turn the heat on. I'm like, didn't you own this place? <laughs> Where's the heating? Uh. <laughs> so we're like freezing, and we're like making good stuff. We're like. I think if we were in like a good environment, we might actually make a lot of good stuff. What yeah. do you guys think? Should we do a record this year? Should we try? Yeah. So the conversation started then. We we had been talking about it. We did a reunion show at Paramount in 2016, the end of 2016, I think it was. And that was like a huge shock and surprise to see how many people came out and it was a success. So there was always like murmurs of, should we do something again? Mm. But we were all busy doing our own thing. And, you know, Sal had 300 businesses on Long Island and kids and this and that. I'm like, <laughs> he that's... owns this house. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Probably Talk to him what? about your kitchen that's about to fall down. Kitchen floor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just nice how it all came together. It was really organic and. And then, you know, we said if it could happen, if we're all, you know, Joe lives out in California, you know, like I said, I'm in Mexico. So it's like, and then the rest of the guys are in New York. So like, how do we do this? Yeah. And then this summer or last summer, it just, it all lined up. It was just so easy, came together and we're like, let's just go and do it. Let's just see what happens. Why don't we just go book a studio, see if we can just get in there, make something. We come out with. You, song. Went in, you went in there with one song we had that song we and we also did a, we ended up staying at amh and we did a few other uh rehearsals there again since we had it open like want to just try to like write a few more so we kind of we got maybe two songs like one that one song was pretty much there and then there was like two other like loose ideas that were like oh that's pretty cool let's mess around with that and then we just took that the week before we went up to applehead where we ended up recording we got we went into my brother's house Kind of like got in the basement, not even thinking about it, just recorded us just doing something. So we're like, ah, oh, we can maybe use some of this stuff too. And then went up and from there, we're just like, let's see what happens. You know, if we get a song, two, three, great. If we get a record, great. Either way, for like for me at least, I was just happy to be hanging with my friends. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was just nice yeah. to like be hanging out with my brothers again. You know, I'm like, so worst case scenario, we get to hang out with each other, have a good time upstate New York spent a little money which wouldn't be the or a good amount of money to do it but yeah. at the same time it was more about just us getting together and then it was just like i said it was effortless it was just it came together and i was like okay we still got it <laughs> we still got it in the we still have something left in the tank in fact i think we were it was so long we hadn't we hadn't wrote together since 2006 wow so it's That's like crazy. 17 years yeah. of, of like pent up like why don't we play together anymore yeah. And yeah. it, it kind of showed because we just what got in the, there. What the, was the thing that made you want to leave, though? I mean, there was, a, it was a, there was a lot of factors. Like, you know, I, I, I played with them. Like, well, figure, Sky Game Falling went pretty hard touring, you know, for years before even uh, The Sleeping started. And then we did The Sleeping. We, you know, obviously had a, we started on One Day Savior with Chris, mm -hmm. did our, our first record with him, and then we moved on to Victory Records. Uh, and... It was <laughs> not to like turn this into 
uh, a shitting on victory party here, but like maybe a little bit, sure. you know, and one of my big reasons that I, I was not happy about staying in the band was the fact that we knew we weren't going to get paid anything. It was like, we, you know, Eddie Reyes loved the guy so much and a mystic guy. I think, I think didn't talk to that dude. No, I, right. yeah, we, he, I think he's going to come back on if I roll the world. Oh, oh awesome. Yeah. yeah. I haven't talked to him in a while, but I remember we were sharing a studio space with taking back Sunday, um, in around the times we were talking to victory and he was like, you got to do it, man. It's going to help your career. It's going to be awesome. You know, we're like, we're getting some crazy shows. So we signed the contract with Victory. Three months later, we hadn't even wrote anything for the record we were about to make for Victory. And he's like, yo, did you sign that contract? Should have done that. And I'm like, ah! I'm like, what happened? He's like, dude, he's screwing us over, this and that. We're like, oh, cool. So this is the setup. So what was the appeal then? Like, what was the thing? Like, uh, I mean, I know what the appeal was. Back then, that's what it was. Yeah. That was a record deal. I remember just giving, like, back then, everything was a record deal. It really was like you know you like for us no matter how shitty it was mm-hmm. for for us we kind of got to a point where we hit a brick wall because we were working with one day saver Chris did everything he could do in his power he he was so helpful with everything however his label at the time he's like you, you he even said he's like you guys are kind of outgrowing us yeah. like and we still had an option with him um, and we were like well we we need to do something because no one was taking us serious we couldn't get any book like a booking agent's attention we couldn't get like management or anything to like take it to that next level and so it was kind of a choice of like well chris is like if you could find someone that will buy out this option because that was just something that ended up coming up he's like then then by all means do it and because we we exhausted all of our contacts we were booking our own tours going out everywhere but we were going to the same places over and over like cool we're huge in butler pennsylvania cool we're like all these different little towns we were doing so well in but we're like we were like thirsty for more. We're like we want to play more places, we want to do more, and it, Victory was the was the only like company because we had a relationship with them too. They wanted Sky and Falling years before that. We became friendly with their staff, and a lot of those staff members were still working there. And they're like, we love you guys, come to Victory. So there was a lot of enticing factors to go with them, and really, I think the I, you know once we signed with Victory, like it was. <laughs> very clear with like the dynamic that was like Hawthorne Heights taking back Sunday all sure. these bands started suing him wow. and doing all these things I'm like oh god so we went we went after it hard they put some time into us I don't I, I'm not gonna like what is what is the best thing that they did for you like uh, tour sport it, you know what it was the second we signed the victory exactly what we were talking about happened uh, like booking agents were calling us mm. right away and we're like cool finally we can like take the load of that off of us sure and we can concentrate on just being a band and playing in front Especially of people back then like i couldn't imagine what booking a tour was like oh my god it was so it was difficult Hello? so yeah, yeah like hi and then like you're you're literally <laughs> dro- i remember one time the sleeping we were playing a show in wisconsin we went to a place i i, I don't remember what city it was and we were supposed to be going to a venue called the milk bar and we're like, okay. So we have like handwritten directions to go to the milk bar. And like, <laughs> we're like, we're driving around, we're getting close. And then I like, we pull into the neighborhood, like this neighborhood. And we're like, it says we're like on the street. And we're looking around. It's just like a residential neighborhood. And we're like, uh, you might have to call that guy. Like, yo, just pull over. We'll just call the guy really quick. And then I don't know who calls him. It's like, like Joe calls him. He's like, yo, man, we're like, I think we're outside. Like we're at the address you said, but like, I don't think this is right and he's just like oh i see you and we're like what what and this kid comes out he named his house 
the oh, milk bar. Amazing. Which was actually amazing. That was actually really fun. That show was great. Okay. But he came out and he was just like, oh, yeah, it's like, it's here. Yeah, it's just, this is it. And we played a living room. He had, I think it was his grandmother was in the other room. She's in a wheelchair. And I'm like, are you sure you want us to play what we're about to play? Your grandma's in the other room. Yeah. And like, she's like, no, it's fine. It's okay. I'm like, you so sure? cool. That's great. <laughs> and we set up our lighting rig. We had like Home Depot lights and like yeah. random like DJ lights that Joe got from his like, you know, DJing gig or something. Yeah. So we had like lasers shooting out and all sorts. So we did the whole production thing. So much fun. And then the whole time I kept thinking, though, I'm like, I feel so bad. This lady has to listen to our stupid music right now while she's like paralyzed in the other room and then we like stopped at one point and we hear in the other room she's like i think uh, his name was derek he's like she's like derek who's this band i like this one and i was like yo she likes us we got a band got the grandma approval Uh, i definitely like went five different places here with this but to answer your question to answer your question about like what made me want to leave there was so many factors. I think at a, like towards the end of the sleepings, um, I guess 2007, 2008, we, we were doing well. We were playing a lot of big shows. And I think it's funny how you get, you start doing bigger things. I think there was a little bit of a divide. At least I felt it between us as like people. Like songwriting or pe- oh, just that's just like personality wise. I think we were, we were dividing a little bit. I think it was, it was also starting to feel a little bit, um, like a lot of pressure on us to do things. It never felt that way before. Everything felt so natural. Now it felt like we we're working for someone else and that someone else is not giving us, they're not going to give us anything. So every dime that we're going to make, we're putting back into ourselves to go on tour again, but we're not taking any money home. We never were. So, and I was, and I'm doing that math in my head. I'm like, I'm 28 years old. I, we have three more records to do with this label. That's not going to like pay us. That's a two year cycle to write, tour do that thing for each one that's six years i'm gonna be 35 years old and i'm gonna have nothing to show for it and we're not even really getting a lot there's so many things and then i met someone also which was like part of it part of the equation maybe the tipping point but all these other factors were more on my mind and i proposed the band after a a grueling tour we did 230 dates in 2008 or 2007 i think 2007 was we did 230 shows in one year i was done i was like guys i think we need to just like take six months off or something we had a meeting i remember at joe's house and they were like we can't stop you know it's just like we're we're, we got such a good momentum going we can't stop i'm like dude i can't i can't do this i'm i'm burnt i'm burnt i need time and they didn't want to stop and i was just like well i can't do it then i gotta i gotta like take some time off i'm like i feel my sanity is crumbling and i also you know i was 29 i never really like you know i've been on the road the whole time I didn't ever have a place of my own. I just felt like not a human. Yeah. So I was like, I want to feel like a human. I want to feel like my personal life is a little bit more stable and let this be something on top of that. But there was nothing underneath that. It was like my entire identity was around this band that didn't feel as strong as it should have in that way. With the the time invested, man, it's just, uh, it's, you know, that's the whole thing about even now. It's funny, you know what bands would do back then as opposed to now yeah now it's like you could reach you know through the internet or like the streaming services is i i feel like streaming services almost like help you not tour as much because exactly 100 percent. yeah you can get stuff out to wherever i mean look at incendiary yeah yeah that yeah exactly (laughs) weekend warriors and it works great and there's so many young bands now that are getting on playlists and this and that and their first shows are at festivals which i don't 
envy that, to be honest. That's the opposite side of the coin where you haven't worked out that live thing yet. Yeah. You know, something different oh, about yeah. that. You know, it's almost like I feel like that's probably a little that's a it's a strange way for things to happen. Is it, so there's, there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. However, yeah, I think you can get away with doing a little bit less now, you know, like as far as touring. Well, because you, you can get out to certain places. Now, like back then, it's like, I mean, what were you doing? Unless you got a, a physical CD or something or a record to like wherever it's like, oh, I want to listen to your band. It's like, oh, all right. I have to mail two hundred. Oh my god! Yeah, you're you're. It was like you, that was the order of events. It was like we need to play shows to get attention of an A and R at yeah. a label so that they can get us distribution so our record could be heard. Now it's just like distribution. Like you know, my mom could fart into a microphone right now and put it on Spotify by tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and she got distribution. Mm-hmm. She yeah, yeah like, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's really incredible. So that now that that factor out of out of it, you know. It's it it is really cool where we are, you know. Which is well, if you if you know, if, especially for people like you, like uh, that you put in so much time and a lot of work, and I feel like um, with a band that has like a catalog or like you know shows under their belt, like you guys, there is that time where people miss you, they yeah. missed you, and then others are like, oh, you know, I never paid attention to this lately, and then yeah. those ten to fifteen years, they're like, oh, this record's great. I hope this band tours again. So that's kind of like where you are now. So like, yeah. what, what was that St. Vita show like? Oh, it was incredible. You know, I think that's, it, it's, it's so funny that whole, was uh, Parker there. No, no, I don't leave the house anymore. <laughs> you, you gotta play, you gotta play here. Yeah. You gotta play here and the, the kitchen's going to fall. <laughs> yeah. With the morbid play angels. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was amazing. You know, it was, it was such a, a, a reminder again too of like, why we do this. You know, it's just, you know, it's so it's it, we still have people that care. It's, it's like really like I never thought that would have been a thing. But the sky game falling yeah. and the sleeping to think about it like we're just kids making music and fun yeah. to, to back then to think, oh, and, you know, in 20 years, you're still going to be playing shows and people are going to come out and watch you. I would have been like, really? That's yeah. doesn't yeah. even make doesn't even compute. It's it's such a strange thing. So that St. Vitus show is. You know, it was insane. It was like we sold it out in 15 minutes or 13 minutes. I don't know what it was. I was like, okay, people still care. And then the energy in the room was just unbelievable. It was just, I was like, oh, this is this is why we do this. You know, it's like, it, it's almost like a reunion for everyone. It's not for us. It's like a reunion for, like for people, everyone. Yeah, for yeah. everyone. Everyone comes out to the shows. People are seeing people they haven't seen in years. And I was talking to someone about it. And I, you know, I was talking about how important it is because, you know, now we're older adults, this and that. Like, when do you see people? You see people at weddings. You see people at funerals. And, like, like that's where reunions typically happen. Yeah. You know, and this is such a, like, cool ad- like addition to that. Absolutely. Honestly, I hate funerals. No. And I hate weddings. So don't invite me to either one of those. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. But I like dancing at weddings. I'm go. the last man on the floor to yeah. see now. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And also, Cameron was actually the last man dancing at my wedding, funny enough. Clerkin and me yeah. and Clerkin were the last ones. They were cleaning up, and we yeah. were dancing with the people cleaning up. Yeah, that was a good awesome. time. It was awesome. That was a good time. <laughs> what's, what's the best wedding song? Oof. What is the best wedding song? Oh, I don't know. It doesn't matter for me, really. Yeah. But wait, let me think. Let me think. There's, there's got to be one. Would you dance to it? At, like, what would what close out the night at, at Parker's? Do you remember? I don't know. All I know is like you guys coming out. What did you guys come out to again? Slayer. Uh, we, we came out. Uh, well, we came. <laughs> we did, but we came out to 
uh, like that classical the o- o- Fortuna started it. Oh, that's right. Before, like, yes, the botch thing. Yep, and then it converted into Rain and Blood. That's and right. Then we came oh, out to cool. that. Yeah, uh, Crowded House. Don't dream it's over. Yeah, that was that's what closed out my wedding. I mean, for me, uh, any like '90s like hip hop. You throw that on yeah. at a wedding, I'm just lose my mind. Uh, shout out to my friend Bob who came out to Firestorm. Nice. Yes. I yes. Remember that way. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, man. So I know also uh like you guys have some things planned. Obviously you're not gonna talk about it. Um, but I mean the years Looking pretty good for the sleeping. Pretty busy. Yeah, I mean, we're at this point. Yeah, playing Glastonbury. I heard. Oh my god! I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till Sal tells you that. It's yeah. it's really it's just you know at this point like you know we went in like I said that when we were making the music, we kind of went in with not much expectation. So each step of the way, we're just you know we're doing one. We're taking little baby steps, and then from those baby steps, like opportunities are opening up, and so it's just I think we're just kind of we're just bobbing and weaving and with, with, stuff, uh, like yeah. we're open we're open to do as much as we can and you know uh, that's why it's exciting right now you know and the the, the kickstarter thing that we just Crazy. put up is a, like it was yeah. everyone was nervous about it i was really for it you know there was a time period where i was like is kickstarter like weird like is that like begging people is it weird it's a nervous thing it, to, to do. Sometimes. it's a really strange thing but you know the way i thought about it the whole time is that i think it's actually the coolest thing because like i really wanted to rejuvenate our fans again i wanted to get them to be the first ones to to be excited about everything first like let's go grassroots again and in some weird way that's how kickstarter has worked you know it's getting all the people that like used to love us they're the ones in, that are that are helping us like bring it to fruition. It's amazing. It, listen, you, you throw something out there, and what it is is the people that want to see this come to life contribute. It's and amazing. That's what it is. It, it's so amazing, and it, I think it's also special too because you know they know that this time that if they're going to put money towards this, it's going to the source. You know, in the, in the past, it was always going to like who knows. It never never got to us. You know, like like that's so. This is such a cool way you know take out the middleman and you know we're doing as much as we can to tr- like to run this thing like we're a label like so we're not going to cheap out we're like hiring we're we're building a team of people around this record yeah. of people that believe in us that care about us and we're we're treating it it's we're learning a lot it's a, there's a lot to learn i'm like man people and the record's labels. done right and the record is done the record is done and you feeling good oh loving it i'm loving it cuz it just i love it because it was so natural and organic it's like we didn't there was no overthinking we just plowed through it it feels it feels like a sleeping record it's different but it's not i don't know it's interesting yeah. it's it's really interesting so we're really excited so we're gonna we're releasing it on the 28th of uh july um 28th of july okay yeah. so that's gonna be the wide release date for it and then the kickstarter we're 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 gonna be however long it takes to make vinyl we're, we're trying to get everything out to people as quick as possible but the pressing takes long right now that's the one yeah i think it's like back to normal now it's about four or five months like depending on the the, uh on the plant that you're dealing with so we're we're we're, i know a guy james hetfield he was yeah oh yeah yeah they got their own yeah it's insane you know it's insane listen if he's listening uh, (laughs) hey james just like we got a small run dude (laughs) (laughs) what's up with the the private party Oh yeah, so we wanted to do something special, like and do like something intimate, and we're doing a private 
private show at Leaky Lifeboat, which is Sal's bar. How's that possible? It's just gonna be it's gonna be a rager. It's gonna be so much fun. I had so, my fortieth birthday there. There you go. Yeah. No, I think we're. I, oh, it's just that that to me is gonna be so exciting, so fun because it's just intimate. You know, intimate intimate place where we could just talk to everyone, hang out with everyone, play songs that everyone wants to hear. So we'll play things that we probably wouldn't usually choose to play at shows. Like yeah. we're gonna let everyone pick the set list and. And, you know, we might even do some, like, acoustic stuff. I don't know. We're, we're still gonna, planning it out. It's going to yeah, be fun. It's going to be chaos in there. Mm. Oh, I can't wait. Um, it's going to be so, so much fun. Sidestep here. Um, me and my friend George from Mind Over Matter. I, don't know, you know. I love Mind Over Matter. By, by the way, if, there, if I had to pick two all-time hardcore bands, VOD, Mind Over Matter. Yeah. Auto Manipulation was, like... And I could tell from, like, your playing. I love that yeah. band. I, lo- I love what George does. I think George is, like, one of, like, the most unique voices and like lyrically and actual voice yeah that came out of long island like i mean he inspired everyone kind of yeah yeah and, <laughs> inspired and a lot of people realizing like doing the if i ruled the world podcast with him i yeah. realized that so sidestep to that yeah uh to to bring the sleeping and the leaky lifeboat together yeah i remember george is like hey uh we're gonna interview the sleeping at the leaky lifeboat i guess they're gonna get back together I was like, we are? I was like, all right, I guess. I'm like, cool. So as I go into the leaky lifeboat to get my podcast stuff out, <laughs> uh, I felt like uh, Tommy and Goodfellas when he gets shot in the back oh, of the head. Man, yeah. and it was my surprise 40th <laughs> there birthday. You go. That's how they got me there. there That's go. how they got you? <laughs> That's what? Funny. That's amazing. And I went there and it was like, this is your life. Like every friend I've ever made yeah, was yeah, there. Yeah. And I That's was like, funny. And That's got, awesome. I, I didn't like, know that. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> Pretty funny, and I just I and I hate I hate birthday parties for me, let alone surprise party. But I guess like Karen just figured for my fortieth, no. she's like, uh, she got me good, and I was like, all right, like, <laughs> that's me. amazing. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're gonna go do, do the sleep, and this was like years ago. Yeah. So oh my god, I'm I'm glad we finally got. There you go, say. <laughs> yeah, let's get the let's get that podcast happening again, but yeah. actually just have a party. Yeah. Not actually do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's do another party. Yeah. Let's um, skip the podcast. So Sky came falling. I mean, you want to talk about that thing? I mean, Cameron would know more than I because Cameron's yeah. the backbone of everything. So I, yeah. yeah, so the the other exciting thing was that uh ten twenty one has been like was one of those records that for years people were asking for it on vinyl. Years and years and years, and we didn't think we could do it. Like we didn't know what where we stood with the rights of the record, oh, really? and like you know because Ferret had been bought by um, Warner uh, Brothers. Warner right? Brothers. Yeah. So after some digging, we figured out that we have we we were able to do something with it. So we've been. It was a lengthy process. That record was very difficult to record. We did it up at Tiki Studios in. Uh, what made it difficult? We went up to Tiki Studios in Glencove, ran out of money. There was some issues with them i'm not gonna slander um but there's some <laughs> there's there's some issues with them so we had to take our tapes away from them and finish the record elsewhere however they were at the time recording on d88 machines which is more of a broadcast medium than it is you know for for music but i guess they did that so we got kind of we got into a position where we had there's no other studios that record in that format everyone was on adat at the time yeah. so after a while speaking of tracks east earlier we uh chris called around forever i feel like it was months of us trying to find a way to like get our tapes transferred so we could finish it someone was recording at tracks east and they had and there was the same issue 
they had a problem where they had to rent a D88 machine to transfer to ADAT, and they happened to have it in the studio. Like, if you send it right now, we could do the transfer for you. So we did those transfers, got it all done, and now, fast forward to now, we're trying to redo this 1021 thing. We're trying to just remix it and get it uh, remix and master for vinyl. We basically find out that, like, we, we didn't know where our tapes were. We had to get them digitized, and what we got back was some – there was some, I don't know, decay – going on there were some things that were like missing some things that weren't correct they're like oh man how are we going to do this so one way would be just to rip it from cd and do it from there the lazy way but because that record was so rushed in the end too there was part of us that always felt we never finished that record it was just we kind of like gave up on it we're like oh all right here just take it yeah this has been such a process just take it which and is the young thing to do. It yeah. is, yeah. Oh, Instead of like, like I just want to get it out. I just, just want to get, get it out. out. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we saw an opportunity here where um, we could maybe just get it done the right way. So we were essentially at this point we've we're done mixing it actually, but we just finished kind of redoing the record in a way. We have the original drums, we have the original vocals, some of the guitars were all messed up, so we redid some guitars. The bass was kind of like it was was strange too but matt our original bass player he was like i want to be on it this time because he wasn't in the band for the second record we're like dude just record go record your tracks yeah so he recorded his tracks in his room finished them up and then sent them fucking technology yeah it's insane and matt's a maniac he one take the entire thing i'm like i'm like i'm looking at it i'm like there's no edits on this and i'm like he's like oh just one take the whole thing i'm like you're a maniac like he's phenomenal bass player and so he he we brought that in and i just went up to applewood where the sleeping just recorded and they helped me like finish the guitars and finish mixing it and bring it back to speed so it's it's a little bit of a new record it's, yeah. it's a little bit like reimagined. I kept, tried to keep the integrity as much as I could sure. of the old one, but at the same time, there's no way we were going to be able to get the sound like the old one. So I'm like, we may as well just 2.0 it a little yeah. bit, and we're gonna we're gonna release it on vinyl, and uh, both versions will be available on online. So if people are purists and want to hear the old one, go for it. Yeah. But the new one, I think, is gonna be exciting because it it just uh, it it's more exciting it's got more energy it just be by new way life, of it yeah. new life to it like kind yeah, of it's, sounds it's way. basically even like even if you did re-record everything it would still be cool because it's like now you guys are playing you know with with that power and and just like ability sure. you know sure you know it's neat because like there's such a cool blend of the old and the new like the way that like you know i, I had to make all the executive decisions up there but, you know, that was my my thinking was like, you know, I do want to honor what we did because there was something special about it. Yeah, there's still there was an energy and a feeling in that recording. So I was trying to keep that aesthetic still. However, just elevated a little bit because let's face it, every modern hardcore band sounds the recordings sound phenomenal. Like, imagine that. Like, like we said before. Yeah. Snapcase. There was a like, I feel like Gamora seasons and Earth Crisis. There was snapcases records like you listen to a helmet record you're like damn these sound so good and then every other band which is kind of like is that a metal zone what are you guys using there like holy oh, shit yeah. <laughs> yo metal zone was my first pedal there you <laughs> go. same yeah same. i was like oh this is cool and it was uh, not cool yeah <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Well, and but, i mean he played me like early on like like a really early mix like through his phone through his phone and i'm like this sounds better than the album did Good. already, so cool. I can only imagine what this yeah. is going to sound. Yeah, like. it's just fun because I just feel like now there's like it's almost like it's very odd, by the way, to you know I'm listening to myself 
you know, yeah. get having the isolated tracks and listening, yeah. listening to us yeah. as like nineteen year old kids yeah. writing this record. And it was cool so because crazy. like the guy who we was working with, you know, up at the studio had never heard it. So like I always I always like to hear like like well what did he think? Like if this is his first time and he's just like, Oh, he liked it and I'm like, That's wild that a record that came out like almost twenty five years ago to a new set of ears like is still like doable and likable yeah you know yeah it was a so. nice litmus test having his ears on it because you know that studio has done everything from bad brains to coheed and they have serious people going through that studio all the time not even just in that world just everyone they had um what's that one bass player do you remember that um oh god i'm not gonna remember this i'm not even gonna go into it but like they just have so many inspiring amazing people up there so for him to just be like Yo, this stuff's dope. Yeah. <laughs> like this stuff is dope. I was like, okay, cool. This is this still translates. It still sure. it still has yeah. something there. So I'm excited for people to hear that, and I'm excited to have it on vinyl. To be honest, yeah. it's going to be really cool. And it's funny, like Sky Came what Falling was hopefully <laughs> for me, yeah. And Sky Came Falling was I would I would always call us like the uh, kind of like the bat signal band. Like we were like even when we weren't a band, like. If you needed us, like we're there, yeah, you know, like just give us a heads up. We'll Is this do your a way of trying to get on an Irving Plaza. Let's show do it, man. Let's do it. You sure. know, but I mean, like we Can you play you know, that again, huh? Can you play those parts again? I played with him what two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, two and, weeks ago, and his and his sister in law said it sounded exactly like the album. So, I and it was on my niece's drum. Kit, That's so. true too. I wasn't <laughs> it wasn't even my own uh, drum set. But I'm uh, just picturing like. I don't, like, is it a real drum set? It is. No, no, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it's a pearl. It's, it's like pearl, the top, so. the top of the line play school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like their new stuff is track. really yeah. good. It's like yeah. Tighten that snare. <laughs> That's it. I did actually. I did. You know, I had to get that shit like helmet. Meantime, you know. God damn that. Yeah. yeah. Fucking good. Oh my gosh. Cool man. Yeah. I guess. We That's it. Lots of exciting things yeah. happening. Yeah, so Cameron's Cameron's gonna be a busy boy between two bands. So yeah. you know, I know. Who knows? Maybe Sky came falling and the sleeping will tour together someday. I don't know. Have to do fucking double duty. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, have to like have a stretcher ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every he's night. got he's got five avail- available dates in the next eight months. Yeah, there he's you go. Give you. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Saturday two forty p.m. Very busy. <laughs> very busy. Uh, the 28th of uh, September at about 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. That's that, man. That's Just that. get Christian to book a show around that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, that schedule. Oh, my God. I'll tell you one thing, though. Like, being our age, trying to play high-energy high music, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean. That we, was the crazy thing about St. Vitus. I was yeah. like, I wonder what my body's going to think of this tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! No. Yeah, so I can't help myself. The, the you little, can't help yourself. It's no. like the yeah. 18, 19 year old, fifteen year old kid is still inside me. So the yeah. second you, I'm like, I'm not gonna go nuts. I'm just gonna be the like, next thing you know. I'm in the crowd and like someone's yeah. bleeding, and it's yeah. my fault. And I mean, I remember and, like when Sky Came Falling played last. It was what was that? Seventeen, two thousand seventeen at AMH. Oh yeah, and like we hung out like the entire weekend. Like it was like so much fun. Like Matt stayed around from North Carolina yeah, and blah that. blah blah. You were at that. That's right. Yeah. You came to that. And, like, I just remember, like, walking into, like, work, like, Monday morning, and I'm just like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, 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 17, that, yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, 2017, God. yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, I was never, you know, I mean, like, I look back now, like, the the length that Sky Came Falling went on, like, after me, like, like I, I still know that I fucked up leaving when I did because they got, you know, the bigger tours in Europe and warp tour and stuff like that but i'm just like jesus christ like if i'm upset that much for missing out what i did like 
I don't know if I could have fucking like lived with myself, you know, walking away <laughs> from that shit. Yeah. You know, so I give Cameron all the credit because I remember like when he started like touring with like the sleeping, like I think you had like a fucking like a demo, like a two song demo. And I'm like, you're going on the road for how long with a fucking demo? Oh, yeah. We like we were like hand screening. Yeah. So like, I give him the... I give him all the credit in the world. You know, well, thanks, Those man. Those are the yeah. people. Those are the people that deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. We were hungry. We yeah. were just like right after like yeah. like I like we didn't want to stop yeah. after Sky and Falling. It was like sad to see that band go, but it also it just didn't feel like the band anymore. Uh-huh. You know, so when we started the sleeping, we were like, you know, I, and that, I give a lot of credit to just like the work ethic in the sleeping is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Even still this day, everyone cares so much almost to a point where it's like, oh god, too many cooks in the kitchen. But but in a good way though, because we all care and it's and great. everyone's hungry. Yeah. Like everyone wants it, you know. It's a Voltron. It, for sure, it seriously is. Yeah. Oh, Voltron, dude. Great cartoon. Listen, you know, I had to drop the B section right it. there. It's the B section. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Cool. Uh, yo, Cam, thanks that was for doing fun. this, man. That was uh, so much fun. And uh, that's it. Anything you want to add, Parker? No, man. Fucking yeah. Maybe, okay. Maybe yeah. Maybe I'll play a show in the next fucking three years. Maybe I'll leave the house in the next three years. What know? was the most annoying VHS that he wouldn't stop? Oh, it's, oh. it's the fucking. It's right there in the B section. <laughs> what BMX Bandits? BMX Bandits. Yeah. You, <laughs> you knew that that was coming, so didn't we? Ha- we had the, the director. Wait, what was the other one? Yes, yeah. I talked to the director. Yeah, he, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what was the other one with like the the <laughs> nuclear spill? Like the what was the one that? Oh God, I'm trying the to remember. Nuclear it. Nuclear high? No, like, no, I just I remember. I all I remember is like toxic event, not toxic avenger. No, there was like a really bad one, a really bad one that you guys, you and John would be rewinding with the same scene like six thousand <laughs> no, times. Not. Sounds about right. <laughs> and pointing out the most like, yeah. inconsequential yeah. shit. I mean, BMX bandits. We would see those shoelaces. Yeah, we wouldn't even like think of putting that on like before like a twelve pack. You know, you know, like that's what that's what I miss about Sky Game Falling. It's just like, oh, like we we're gonna play like a show in Canada. Like, I guess we're gonna watch like Scarface or The Godfather or something. Like the entire trip up there it was it was fucking great. Cool. Yeah. All right. Until amazing. Next time. Uh, yes. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. What we tear up at the same sky What's more than for an eternity That the dust would collide When I can't reach the cloud But I still can't touch your eyes Can I dream of tomorrow? What we can't even get through today What forever fades away I'm carrying flames One paper cut How beautiful